In this week's parsha, we have a continued discussion about uh, Moshe communicating with Hashem and saying that he's unable to speak to Paro. He's unable to speak. He has difficulty speaking. He's unable to speak. And from this story, as the Rebbe analyzes it, uh, we understand and we learn how to take on a formidable opposition or obstacle or enemy, such as Paro, who is absolutely obstinate. And we're going to learn this in the uh, simple meaning as Rashi understands the story and then go into the message as the Torah serves as a hira'a, as a lesson, a book of instruction for every single one of us. But let's get some background first on what has played out in last week's Torah portion and what plays out in this week's Torah portion so we understand exactly um, the, the nuances of what we're discussing and the order of events in Moshe's communication with Hashem. Because in last week's Torah portion, uh, Moshe tells Hashem, Ki I have a, a heavy uh, mouth and a heavy tongue in speaking. In other words, I have difficulty speaking. And Hashem said, so you know what? You'll speak to Aaron, your brother, and he'll speak to the Jewish people. Now, when, when Moshe and Aaron came down, when Moshe returned to Egypt, to Mitzrayim from Midian, um, he met his brother, and they went first to speak to the Jewish people. And over there, Hashem says, you'll tell Aaron what to say, and Aaron will speak to the people. However, after that, Moshe and Aaron both went to Paro. And when they went to Paro, the Torah actually says that they said to Paro, clearly implying that they both spoke to Paro. Um, in, when we jump into this week's Torah portion, the, the uh, Torah speaks about the lineage of Moshe and Aaron. And then um, after it speaks about the lineage and, and says, and then Moshe, there was Moshe and there was Aaron, they were born um, to their parents. So the Torah says to Amram and Yechevet. So the uh, Torah then says um, that, hey, Muhammad Amram el they are the ones who spoke to Paroi. Again, the Torah is clearly stating that both of them spoke to Paroi. It wasn't Moshe speaking to Aaron and Aaron speaking to Paroi. And then, when Hashem then instructs them and says that you should go to Paroi and speak to him and tell him to let the Jewish people go, so Moshe's response this time is a little bit different than the way he responded in last week's Torah portion. In this week's Torah portion, he says, I am, uh, I have stuffed lips, I mean blocked lips, actually, as, as Rashi explains, meaning I cannot speak. In last week's Torah portion, he used the terminology of it being difficult for him to speak. In this week's Torah portion, when he says, he's saying, I cannot speak. So Hashem responds to Moshe and says, I am placing you as a Lord, as, as a power over Pare. And Aaron, your brother, will be your spokesman. You speak everything that I instruct you. And Aaron, your brother, will speak to Pare. That's what the verse says. So when, um, when it says, You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron, your brother, will speak to Pare. Who is Moshe speaking to when it says, you will speak all that I command you? So many of the commentators understand that he spoke to Aaron, Moshe spoke to Aaron, and then Aaron spoke to Paro, as the Torah explicitly says that Aaron spoke to Paro. Rashi actually explains this differently. He says, no, that Hashem said to, to um, 
Hashem says to Moshe, you're telling me that you cannot speak. I am going to make you a ruler, a, a man who's controlling Paro, um, who's like a, 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 a force that's greater than Paro. You will speak all that I will tell you. Who will you speak to? To Paro, Rashi says. And then Aaron will speak it as Nivecha, as your spokesman, in, in, in that he's going to, in the words of Rashi, this is what Rashi says. Rashi says, Pamacha said, you're going to speak to Paro one time exactly what I tell you. Kol shlichas v'shlichas, every single mission, as you hear from my mouth, you will say it exactly to Paro as you hear it from my mouth, from Hashem's mouth. He will translate and he will explain in the, in the ears of Paro. So we see that, now why does, Rashi, why does Rashi insist that Moshe was speaking to Paro directly? If it, it, would seem, it would seem actually that from the fact that Moshe says, I cannot speak, that Again, Hashem once again says, you'll speak to Aaron, and Aaron will speak to Paran. Now, now, the Torah doesn't say explicitly who Moshe will speak to. It just says, Moshe, you will speak what I will instruct you. So, therefore, we have to figure that out. To Rashi, it's clear that he was speaking to Paran. And we already possibly understand why with the preface that I gave you. Uh, firstly, it says, Aaron, your brother, will be your spokesman, meaning that he's going to assist you. But even more than that, the Torah just told us, Heim Hamadar Malpare, they are the ones who spoke to Pari. It doesn't say Aaron was the one who spoke to Pari. It says they are the ones who spoke to Pari. So we clearly see the verse already tell, told us that Moshe was the one who spoke to Pari. And even in last week's Torah portion, we already have that the first time they went to Pari, even though when they went to the Jewish people, Moshe spoke to Aaron and Aaron spoke to the Jewish people. But when they went to Paro, the verse explicitly says that they spoke to Paro. So therefore, as she says, the interpretation of the verse has to be in a manner that Moshe is in fact speaking to Paro. And the Rebbe goes, um, the, the, the Rebbe um, analyzes a number of things, including why earlier did Moshe say, I have difficulty speaking? I had a heavy mouth and a heavy tongue. And over here, um, Moshe says, I cannot speak, which is a whole different language. Clearly, he's saying something new here to Hashem that he didn't say earlier. And the Rebbe also analyzes the nuances of how Rashi explains the instructions Hashem gave to Moshe, that you will speak to Paroi once, Rashi emphasizes. What's that emphasis? That you're going to say once. And you're going to do this by every single mission, every shlichus, every mission I give you, you're going to say to speak to Paro once. And why are you going to say to Paro, exactly what you hear from my mouth? I mean, would Moshe say anything other than he, what you hear from Hashem's mouth? He's coming as a spokesman of Hashem. And then, it, and then he emphasizes that Aaron, your brother, will be your translator and your orator, the one who, uh, you know, uh, makes the message very palatable um, to, to Paro. So, the Rebbe explains um, something very interesting. That earlier when Moshe said, I am Kvat Peh and Kvat Lashin, Moshe was saying in last week's Torah portion, it's difficult for me to speak. Okay, he had difficulty speaking, it was hard. Difficult. But over here, Moshe is bringing up a whole new issue. He's saying, I cannot speak. For whatever reason, at this point, he felt that he literally couldn't get words out of his mouth. And when we get to the uh, deeper part of the understanding of, of the story, we're going to understand a deeper understanding of what this means. So, earlier, 
there was a good solution to this problem. When he was difficult for him to speak, um, when it's difficult for you to speak, Aaron will speak. But now he's saying, I cannot speak. Moshe is saying, I cannot speak. And this uh, creates a, an entirely new problem. The new problem is that if Moshe is standing in front of Paroi, and Paroi makes a statement, like, I'm not letting the Jewish people go. And Moshe is silent. He doesn't say anything because he cannot speak. We know that there's a concept, shtika kohida, that when someone is silent, it's a tacit admission. It's as if you're agreeing with the other person. So Moshe was concerned, I cannot go to Paroi and not speak. Because then, if I don't respond to him, he will think that I'm agreeing with him. And that would be a very big problem. So this was the issue he was bringing up with Hashem this time. So Hashem tells him, Ato tidaber, you will speak. You know what Hashem was saying to him? Hashem was not instructing him that I want you to speak. Hashem was saying, you will speak. When you stand before Paroi, I am going to make you speak. That although you cannot speak, you cannot... You, you cannot get words out of your mouth for whatever reason that may have been. But I will produce words from your mouth. I will enable you to speak. How so? Because being that now you are a shliach of mine, and a, 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 you're on a mission from me, which is Rashi's point when he says, uh, uh, he specifically uses the word of shlichus uh, as a, that you're on a mission from God. So as a shliach of mine, you'll be able to speak, not because you can speak. But because as an emissary of mine, what you do is, is just an expression of me. And therefore, you're going to be able to speak empowered by the divine power of God. Now, what is the purpose of Moshe speaking? Um, what's the purpose of him speaking? Normally, when you, when you, when you go to negotiate uh, diplomacy, you know, you're very artful in the way you bring across a mission in order to convince the other party. But here, um, Rashi tells us <coughs> that Hashem is telling Moshe, you're going to speak pamachas, you're going to speak once. Every single shlichus, exactly as you heard it from my mouth. What Hashem is telling him is this, your mission is not actually to convince Pare with reasons. That's not why I'm sending you to speak to Pare. Um, I'm sending you to transmit from God, um, in the place of God, my words to Pare. What are the exact words, as, as Rashi emphasizes, just as you heard it from my mouth, that I want you to say the exact words you hear from me. And those exact, exact words are in which language? Lashon HaKadosh, in the Holy Tongue, which is the original um, biblical Hebrew, which is a language that Hashem communicated uh, to, uh, um, to Mesha. And we know already that Parai did not know the Lashon uh, HaKadosh. Um, so Moshe is coming and speaking the language, which are the exact words of God, which Parai doesn't even understand. And Hashem says, that's what your mission is, Moshe. Then Aaron will come, and Aaron, as Rashi explains, Aaron will come, he'll first translate what you said, because Parai has no idea what, he, uh, what you said, because he spoke in Hebrew. And he will also explain and, and make it uh, thoroughly understood so that, hopefully, he'll attempt to get Pari to be agreeable to what you're saying. But that's Aaron's job. Your job is to simply come and speak the exact words of God in the language that God said them. What would the purpose of that be? What's that going to accomplish? Pari can't understand. So this is the reason why Hashem preceded this instruction by first saying, I am placing you as an Elikim. Normally, Elikim, we translate as God. 
though but Alakim is also used as a as a judge or as a ruler um, um, as a powerful figure that I'm placing you as a power over power shafid vereder as she says um, which means someone who controls and, and rules that you are I'm making you a force that is greater than power and that force is going to be expressed simply by you being a perfect conduit of God in the presence of Pari. And Pari doesn't need to, need to understand anything. Because the way you are communicating with Pari is on a level which is far deeper than uh, any form of understanding. It's a presence of the divine that you are putting before Pari, which of course is greater than Pari. And, and that's why Rashi um, says that in fact, Moshe did speak to Pari. Because Moshe had to speak to Pari. Because Moshe was unique in being able to be this perfect conduit of the presence of God. And um, he only spoke once because he only had to say, be the expression of God for that one time. And he was a shliach, which means that he was a, a perfect um, expression of the divine. And he said everything only um, exactly as God said it in the, in, in the Holy Tongue, which is the reason why Aaron was needed in order to translate and also um, you know, explain um, everything that, that the Moshe was saying. Now, this all explains the story in uh, in pshat in the simple understanding or, or not so simple yet simple understanding as Rashi explains the story in Yena Shaltera and the richness of the depth of Hasidus. When we look at the spiritual understanding of the Torah, what was going on over here was something was something very deep. Paray was a very strong presence of Klipa. Again, Klipa is um, is the um, is is the uh, spiritual um, expression that defines anything which is an obstacle or, or not an expression of the divine, of that which is holy. It's called klipa, because klipa is a shell, and a shell is something that covers over on the presence of the divine. So anything that hides God in this world is a form of klipa. And pare was a very strong form of klipa. So strong that there was a big concern about even dealing with him. Because we know that when a klipa is very, very strong, or it's in a moment of great strength, even a tzaddik cannot break it. There's a teaching that the Gemara tells us, Imra if you see a wicked person, that the hour is smiling upon him, so to speak. That means that he's, it's not, he, he, he's, um, he's in this moment riding very high. Don't start up with him now. Now's the wrong time to start up with him. He's too strong and you won't be able to conquer him. And we know that, that in Egypt, Pari was such a mighty ruler that even a slave, even a single slave, was never able to, a, able to escape the country of Egypt. So he was in a very, he was riding high. He was in a very strong state of klipa. But Hashem said, Moshe, normally, even a tzaddik cannot undertake a klipa as strong as Pari is right now. But I am empowering you to have be a power over Pari. I'm making you a dominion, a force that will actually be able to conquer Pari. And this is specifically Moshe, not Aaron. Why, why Moshe? Because Moshe was a Nasi Hadar. He was the leader of the Jewish people. And the Nasi Hadar is a conduit, is a conduit of the word of Hashem, the word of God. And therefore, he has the ability to actually be completely transparent to the words of God and to the will of God. And, and we know that Hashem, of course, can break any klipa. So as long as you, Moshe, are the one who is going to represent me, then you can take on this formidable um, klipa, this formidable obstacle to, um, to God. 
And this is also why we find that the Rashvi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai, um, who lived, I think it was during the second century, um, he, he was living during the Roman rule, the Roman oppression on, on, on the Jewish people. And, um, and, and they were killing people for the study of Torah, and the Rashbi took them on. He, he, he openly studied Torah, and he almost got killed. They came to chase him, and he had to go into hiding for 12 years. Um, and the Rashbi said that it's permitted to provoke a Russia even when he's riding high. How could the Rashbi say such a thing? Because the Rashbi himself was also, um, as, 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 as uh, Kabbalah teaches us, he had a spark of Moshe. His neshama was a spark of Moshe. So he himself was also um, an individual represented being a leader of the Jewish people. And therefore, he was, a, he was a very transparent conduit to Hashem. And therefore, he was able to take on. In fact, he survived. And this is the reason why Moshe needed to speak in the language that Pare couldn't understand. Why? Because the, um, Moshe was not coming here to, um, to work with, refine, and work through the klipa, the obstacle that was in front of him, because the obstacle is so formidable that it's not something that you can refine and develop to now become a service of God. This was an obstacle that needed to be um, shattered, which ultimately happened. So, um, therefore, he didn't come in a manner that would work with Pare. Let me explain to you diplomacy once, twice, three times. No. He came and he spoke even in the language that Barak couldn't even understand because what he was doing was he was bringing a presence which was much greater than the Klippa itself, which is the presence of Hashem. And therefore, no understanding was necessary in this case. And that's why Rashi calls and emphasizes it, emphasizes that this was a shlichus, that he was purely an emissary of God. He much wasn't coming as a, as a person of his own, but as a person of God. And this is actually how Hasidus explains why Moshe had difficulty to speak. Why did Moshe have difficulty to speak? So at first, Moshe's difficulty was, what did he say? He said, um, he said, it's kva peh kva I have difficulty. I have a heavy mouth, a heavy tongue. Um, because when a person is in a state of bitl, bitl meaning nullification, which means he's not conscious of self, but he's completely, his consciousness is completely consumed in something greater than himself. So in that moment, because you're so unaware of self, you can't actually produce anything from yourself because you're consumed in something else. So Moshe's state of, of nullification before God or his state of divine God consciousness was so deep that he lost a sense of self. And when you lose a sense of self, you can't put together a, 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 a speech, uh, how I'm going to express something. Or as, the, as we know that there's a rule, there's, there's a concept in Jewish law that, that says, As long as something is busy absorbing, it cannot put out. So as long as Moshe was absorbing from God, because he was absorbed in a state of God consciousness, he was absorbed in the reality of God, of absorbing from God, he couldn't be thinking about how he, Moshe, is going to emit and, and put something out to the world. What happened later on was he entered a state, uh, a, a greater uh, level of nullification before God to the point that he said, not only is it difficult for me to speak, I can't speak. I actually can't get a word out. And, and Hashem said, wonderful. Now that you reach this level of being totally consumed in the reality of God, you can be a completely transparent conduit of my message. And now you're ready to be in Alekim Lepare, a power over Pare, because you are an expression of the divine. 
And what do we learn from all of this? All of this teaches us a lesson. It teaches us that one klipa is very strong. That we cannot work to refine it, to fix it, to work with it. But we actually have to break it. And one of the ways, as Alter Rebbe tells us, that you break it is by calling it what it is, by calling it out for what it is. As Alter Rebbe says, when, when we deal with our Nefshah Bahamas, when we, when, we, when we deal with the self-orientation that lives within us, where we get absorbed within ourselves, we have to be able to understand how self-orientation is so destructive to our being. And we have to call it out and say, you are destructive, you're despicable, you're ugly, you're destroying me. And I will not let you do this. Because the moment you call out, we know that the, 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 one of the best um, ways to eradicate negativity is by calling it out for what it is. Because then the evil has nowhere to hide. And then it has to dissolve. So, and this strength, where does someone get the strength and the chutzpah to be able to call out evil for what it is? Um, that strength comes from uh, the spark of Moshe that lives within every single Jew. Because every single Jew we know has a spark of Moshe. And, and not only that, but when we have an association and a relationship with the Nasi Hadar, then that empowers us even more because we are accessing the strength of the Nasi who is transparent to Hashem. Although we ourselves are not transparent to Hashem, but the Nasi can empower us through his transparency to Hashem to have the strength to take on a very, for, a very forceful klipa. And this, this explains to us how we, can, how we can, in this very dark stage of exile that we are in, how we can take on this mission of spreading Hasidus in such a dark world. Because one can say, in such a dark world, how am I going to be successful in, in spreading the, the, the teachings of Hasidus, which are ultimately are necessary in order for Mashiach to come. But we can do that because we have a spark of Mashiach within us, and we are also have a relationship with, with the Nasi Hadar, the Mashiach of our generation, which is the Rebbe. And especially as the Rebbe concludes that our generation, the generation before Mashiach comes, is known as um, having, being the reincarnation of the generation of the Midbar, of the, of the Jews who went into the desert from Egypt. Which essentially means that we are the reincarnation of the souls of the Jews who left Egypt. Um, so just like during that time, right, Paro was able to be destroyed, and that will happen through a relationship the Jewish people had with Meishu Rabbeinu. So we learn from that not to be intimidated by any obstacles. And, not, and, and, but, and as the Rebbe emphasizes very often, that our not being intimidated by obstacles doesn't mean that we show up in a very harsh and, and forceful way. But on the contrary, in a very peaceful and pleasant way, but with a toikif, with a strength of conviction, of knowing that this obstacle will not stand in my way because I am greater than it. And when we do that, that just as the Jews experienced ex- the exodus of Egypt, where they went out the Yad Rama with an uplifted arm, so too we will merit to leave this exile with the coming of Mashiach with an uplifted arm.